Logan, you're keeping this. Three, two, one. Start the podcast. God, even on camera, it's like we just went down the line. We look like a we look like a bunch of the Brady Bunch <laughs> characters right now. We look like the Looney Tunes. Hello. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? It's good to see you, Logan. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. It's good to see you as well, Logan. Welcome back to the Multiverse Podcast. That was Logan. My name is Luke. My name is Matthew. My name is uh, Peyton. I'm Cameron. <laughs> and as you already know, I'm Logan. All right. Um, this is going so well, guys. Yeah, this is off to a good start. We uh, had some technical issues again, which just turned into about 30 minutes of banter, which I wish we would have been recording for because it was quite comical. It's just Cameron issues. Don't call it technical. I, I don't want him to feel I, I isolated. I don't want him to feel isolated. They're Cameron issues. I mean, yeah, I was. Well, I, was I want the audience to to sympathize right, you know with what, his audience? horrible mic. Cameron's mic sucks. Yeah, it's bad. Cameron, great guy. Love He's the man. Mike, that's okay. absolute garbage. Hot Garbo. You know it wasn't yeah. hot Garbo? The last two weeks of WandaVision, am I right? Holy crap. Yeah. Holy crap. Paul Blart <laughs> Mall Cop Segway. Here we go. So we have Kevin James, right? And he's a cop. He was great but in these last the two. So the I loved him. He's not a real cop because he works in a mall. That's why it's called Mall Cop. All right. So anyways, <laughs> WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision. So Matt. Yes. Give us that synopsis. So uh, WandaVision episode three is all about Wanda's unexpected pregnancy and just how uh, how quick the pregnancy really is. You know, she goes through a full nine months in less than 30 minutes. Uh, a lot of things happen uh, anytime that she has some sort of contraction or a kick or anything that has to do with uh, the pregnancy and the labor. It triggers something with her powers and something ends up going on around the house or in the neighborhood. Uh, Geraldine ends up stopping by. There's the whole gag of Wanda trying to hide the fact that she's pregnant. Um, and then Geraldine in, ends up helping to deliver the baby. Uh, and then Wanda has twins, which she names Billy and Tommy. And we'll get more on that later. Uh, and then as Geraldine and Wanda are just kind of hanging out, talking about the kids, uh, Wanda mentions the fact that she is a twin and she had a brother. And this triggers something inside of Geraldine. And she, she says the name Ultron. Which really, which really gets to Wanda. Uh, next thing we know, Geraldine is completely gone. Wanda's acting a little strange, and Vision's like, "Hey, where's Geraldine?" And uh, that's that's how that episode ends. I thought it was a very, very good episode. Uh, it really took the good stuff from the first two of the sitcoms and started to blend it into more of the mystery and the creepiness that we're getting. Um, that's been progressing throughout throughout the series, and also revealed a lot of different things. But you know, just overall, what did you guys think before we get into any sort of uh, theories and breakdowns? Just what, you know, what were your initial initial thoughts and reactions to this episode? It good. Yeah, I mean, like every other episode that we've watched, I've enjoyed it a lot. I'm big Marvel loser, so they could really just fling some poop at the screen and I'd probably watch it, especially if it was on Disney+. Plus. I will say they really did, like, I won't, I won't say they amped up the stakes in this episode, but it, the, this episode feels a lot more important than the other two. I was having a conversation with my friend who is also named Matt about it, and that's kind of how he felt as well. And let me see if I can pull up the text. Somebody else talk while I'm finding this. No, I agree. I think this one felt like it had a lot more stakes. I, I've i seen so many people on social media and the internet, so obviously it's, it's already a cesspool, but complaining about WandaVision and how it doesn't, you know, quote, feel like the MCU. I even saw an article that was headlined, WandaVision is bad. And you just don't want to admit it. And I was like, I think it's stupid that people are like saying all this stuff. Obviously, they're, they're taking it a different approach. I liked the fact that the first two episodes were almost 100% sitcom stuff, which is a hint of the weirdness because it really showed the reality they're living in. And as we get to move on, we get to see the other mystery aspects. And plus, it was just, I mean, it was so much fun to watch Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in black and white just doing random sitcom things. It was just, it felt, it felt good to see that stuff. Plus, the whole show is based around asking questions that you don't have answers to yet so if mm -hmm. the first two episodes weren't sitcommy and really feel good you wouldn't have any questions to ask they'd be answered too fast and that's what makes episodes like three and four special because when you finally get any answer even at, 
how small it might be, you're you're really excited about it. Right. I'm gonna get on my soapbox for like two seconds. I have no problem if people don't like WandaVision. That's whatever. I do think it's always been popular to dislike what everybody else likes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, the biggest example I can think of of recent times was, like, when Fortnite was really popular. And everybody that was like, no, I play PUBG because Fortnite's for kids. And that, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like, just saying it's bad to say that it's bad, you know? Just to have, like, a different opinion than everybody else to try and, like, be special, stand out. Yeah, Especially no, on the internet, having the differing, differing opinion gets you views. Yeah, it also reads. starts good conversations, though. Like, mm-hmm. I, again, like, I think it's interesting to talk to people about the show who don't like it. I mean, I wasn't sold on it until this episode. Like, I'll, I'll be straight up. I was, I thought it was okay, but it wasn't, like, anything special until this episode right here. So, I'm not, like, the soapboxy kind of or not, not soapboxy, but like having the opinion that's different just to be different kind of person. But, you know, if you don't enjoy it, whatever. If you do, congrats. I think if you're not going to enjoy something, you got to give me a reason why. You can't just not like it because it's Disney or because it's Marvel and they're successful. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, not liking it just because it's not for you is completely different than just saying like, oh, well, I hate Disney. Right. You know what I mean? cool uh logan i really liked this episode i thought it was a good one uh because uh like like we were talking about the first two episodes were really just like a whole lot of sitcom um with like really small breaks and like breakaways from the whole sitcom thing um and in episode three is where it starts to like expand beyond that we start to see a little more especially um with the ending and the whole situation with geraldine um I really enjoyed it. I think this is like the good or a really good turning point for the series. Yeah. Uh, any other initial impressions before we get into the deep stuff? Cause I know I have a whole memo pad full of stuff that I want to get through for just, just episode three. I did really enjoy it. I can't say that I, I can see why people were like, Oh, it's just whatever. I mean, yeah, you can say the first two episodes were filler, but the first two episodes were so different than anything that Marvel has tried to do so far that I feel like people can't, you can be quick to the punch and saying that you don't like it, but you can't be able to just say that you don't like it without at least understanding what they're doing, which I mean, as of now we can all claim we know what they're going to do, but I mean, like we talked about in the other podcast, we're going to throw out every, every possible thing that could happen. Cause when, one thing sticks we want to be able to go put it on our twitter and you know brag about it and be like i was right so i think what they're doing is very smart and the fact that like here is happy here is here is something that is like still has substance but will make you ask the questions that they want you to have because that'll keep you coming back for more yeah definitely i think it's also interesting that you said um i don't remember what it was now how it's just completely different and how you just can't base like your opinion off of that because when they gave um, companies something to initially review and to look at to determine how they were going to rate the series, they showed them the first three episodes because, you know, the first two are so completely different from the third. Like you need that third one to see why the first two are important. So it's like you kind of you can't just like watch one episode of a show and be like, oh, this this sucks. Like, you know, the. That could just be like setting the stage for everything else, like to give at least at least two or three, sometimes even four episodes to see what the show is really about. And I think that three, and then when we talk about later four, really does set the stage for what the show is and what it's gonna, what what, what all is gonna be entailed. I was about to say you can't really. I would say you have to watch the first four for the first two to feel like things make sense mm-hmm. or to a degree, because three doesn't explain anything in the first two episodes. Three left me more confused, if anything. And then four mostly ties it up pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. You get a better appreciation for the first two once you've watched three and four. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Which is good because it's not like you have to sink two hours into the first episodes that you're not going to understand. Because they're only 30 minutes max. And then when it finally comes around and you do understand it, those... 50 minutes between the two of them feel a lot more impactful and a lot more interesting 
I think watching this series through a second time would be very, very interesting. It just feels like one of those to me. Yeah, I feel like having this be a TV show and like sectioning it up into 30, 40 minute chunks um, does a whole lot of good for the storytelling and like the actual story that they want to tell. Because having the first hour just be content of WandaVision, of the sitcom world that they're living in, I like that a whole lot because um, like they don't have to rush through anything. They were able to write these sitcom episodes and just have fun with them and give us something entertaining to watch. And it didn't need to like immediately get into the action and start explaining things like what was going on and all that stuff. It just it, it allowed us to have two episodes of old sitcoms to just laugh at and enjoy with little tiny hints of what's later to come. I think it would ruin the show if everything was explained immediately. Yeah. I like how they waited till episode four to even begin to explain things. And like I was talking to uh, with one of my friends, Pravir, we were talking on the phone on Friday. I was like, we're not even halfway through the season yet. And they're just revealing all this big stuff. Like there is so much that is going to happen still. Like this, this barely even scratches the surface of like the important things that are, that are going to happen. Plus by you just watching the sitcom, the stuff that it's being put on this television that we saw, you feel like you're one of the sword agents trying to figure out what the hell's happening. You, yeah, exactly. you know, it kind of throws you in because you are the audience, but so are the people in the show. People like the sword agents, like I said, they are literally the audience watching the same thing that you're watching. So it mm-hmm. feels really cool. It's like, oh my god, I'm I'm a little uh, sword agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like as we're gonna talk about, um, we eventually talk about episode four. A lot of the things that are on um, the board where they ask questions are the same things that are being asked in every single article, um, you know, social media post, podcast, YouTube video, all of that. So it is exactly like you said. Like we're all basically the sword agents. I love that perspective. Um. So I have some things that I wrote down. I don't know if you guys have anything else. But my first thing that I wrote was the very beginning of the episode. This is my favorite intro so far. It was it was just a really fun intro to the show, especially with how dark it gets at the end. This was probably like the happiest sounding and looking intro. So I thought that really, it was just a fun way to come into the episode. It also just completely like juxtaposes the end. Ooh, that reminds me. I did like the intro. This is the best one, but I showed you that that post from Twitter. Oh, the, the part where they're on the swing and he's got like the shirt with like the button sleeves, and you can see through the sleeve. Oh, you can see his skin. <laughs> it's like, it's nowhere near as bad yeah. as the Mandalorian jeans guy thing, but that is so funny in my mind. Like, it's such a like harmless mistake that like nobody cares about it, but I thought that was the funniest thing. Like scrolling through like Twitter the next morning. So for those of you who haven't seen uh, the post, basically in the in the intro, um, in the scene where Wanda and Vision are swinging, uh, you can see through Vision's shirt sleeve, and they hadn't they hadn't painted Paul Bettany, so you could see his his skin color. So it was kind of like the whole Mandalorian jeans guy incident, which it's funny, but also it's on the screen for like a half of a second. I I wouldn't have even noticed. I don't even know how what kind of no life found that. They were just doing like a frame by frame analysis. They were like, "Oh, people like this show. Let me sit down and even, look through every single frame and try to be like, this is why the show sucks and you should not like it." Even when it was in front of me, I was like looking at it like, "Oh, that's not a square on his shirt. Oh, that's it. That's Paul Bettany's arm. I hate the show so much. How yeah. dare they not <laughs> paint that man's full body red? They are throwing. This is a they have so much money. How do they not paint his forearm?" All that money, and they couldn't afford a $5 paint from Walmart. (laughs) I just think finding stuff like that is funny. Like, I don't think it makes the show bad, because, like, even, like, I mean, go back to Game of Thrones, season eight. They had multiple mistakes with the Starbucks cup and the water bottle in the final season alone. That was a good marketing plan. I still think to this day that was a marketing scheme from Starbucks. Because the way that the cup was positioned is the logo was facing where the camera was. And it had people talking about it. It had a lot of people talking about it. People that didn't even watch the show were talking huge. about it, it. It broke the internet more than the stuff that actually happened in the final season of Game people of Thrones. People who didn't like Game of Thrones and didn't drink coffee were talking about it. How do you do that? It's brilliant. 
Yeah, crazy, right? I have to agree. I did really like this opening. It was just the entire sequence just was very reminiscent. And so I was very pleased to have been able to see that they were keeping up with the trend of like, I guess, differentiating them. Mm-hmm. But it's like the timeliness thing, right? Like they're everything that they've done intro wise is historically accurate for what kind of like stuff was on TV back then. So it makes the show like so dang interesting. They release the soundtracks for the show uh, the Friday after it comes out, so a week after. And I still remember this Friday when it came out. I the first thing I did was I opened it up just so I could listen to the intro because it's just so catchy. I love it. It reminds me of the Partridge Family. Um, and then the next the next thing I had written down uh, when Vision is talking to the doctor, the doctor says that he's going to Bermuda. And, you know, that made me think of the Beach Boys song. Uh, you know. Can you sing it for us? I cannot. Bahama, yeah, there we go. We have to get the actual Come pretty story. mama. Key Largo, oh, hey, hopefully, hey, no more. We can't get DC Baby, why don't we? Well, no, I wasn't singing it very like well, so if the Beach Boys come at us. I'm pretty sure the Beach Boys are dead. Don't quote me on it because I don't uh, know. It was beautiful. I'm pretty sure that you are the Beach Boys reincarnated. I just want to say if. If the Beach Boys, like, come after us, I feel like I could take at least two of them. If I just had one person helping me, we could get all of the Beach Boys, however many there are. <laughs> Aren't they, like, 70? Just like Vision? Uh, so, aside from the Beach Boys song, Bermuda, my other initial instinct, uh, Bermuda Triangle, also called the Devil's Triangle, right? So, where does my brain go? Mephisto. Duh, because it all it's all connected, obviously. I don't even I don't even think it's intentional, but I just thought it was it was worth mentioning since I'm trying to connect everything to Mephisto because I just really want to see this guy come into the MCU. Plus like the Bermuda Triangle is is known for trapping people inside of it. Mm-hmm, you right. go in, you can't come out. I mean, we haven't seen anybody come out. I mean we do eventually. But through some interesting circumstances. So, yeah, but it was through Wanda's magic. It wasn't like right. they just walked out. It's like if so. the triangle let you out. Which it might, I don't know. She let Geraldine out. Geraldine was forced She out. was definitely expelled. Who's to say? She was let out. Let or forced? Oh, is it too late to say spoiler warnings um, for WandaVision? My, my other comment I want to make uh, connects back to everything we've been talking about. So, Herb is just sitting there and he's uh you know he's trimming with the bushes making the house look all nice and neat and the next thing vision knows he looks over and he is just absolutely cutting through the stone and like what i refer to as glitching basically uh you know and he's just smiling and he's like cutting through the stone just you know going going about his business like it's normal and i think this kind of shows uh because this happened right after one of wanda's uh things with her pregnancy i don't remember which of the million things that happened but it messed up uh, some things around. I think that this kind of shows, you know, people are under the spell. As we find out in episode four, and we'll talk about later, these are all real people who are basically being roped into playing the different parts of the show. So it's kind of him glitching out and showing that, you know, the spell can be broken, and it happens again later with Geraldine. And, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about, but it definitely is very interesting just the fact that, you know, it, it happened. I agree. That was definitely a big hitter on this episode. That was, like, when the creepy stuff started. Um I think that it's one of those things where Wanda, at least from my perspective now, is kind of controlling all these people, whether or not she means to, so that Mm -hmm. when they're not interacting with her and they don't have anything to do with her story, then they don't really follow any logic. Like, what do Herb's bushes have to do with Wanda being pregnant? I don't think anything. So he's kind of just like locked in this kind of trance where he doesn't make any sense and he just kind of defaults. He's like a bad NPC. I was going to say he's like an NPC. Mm-hmm. Like the cyberpunk NPCs. Exactly. Um, I had a couple of notes. Keanu Reeves in uh, WandaVision? Oh, he's Mephisto? Confirmed? That'd be Get on cool. I can also I see him playing uh, Ghost Rider because he likes motorcycles. That's Ralph. I think Maybe. I've seen a lot of, of that online. Completely unrelated, I... but I think Keanu Reeves would make a great Ghost Rider. Agreed. Petition. Keanu Reeves should be Ralph, though. What if he's Ralph? 
I want to talk about Ralph later. Like Wreck-It Ralph? Oh my God. I have a lot to talk about Ralph later. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph, Luke. Okay, just making sure. Great movie. Um, a few more things. I'm just going to buzz through really quick because I want to give you guys a second to talk and not just take the stage. Uh, Vision gives the Shakespeare quote, you know, the world is a stage. The players are the characters. Totally just butchered that, but I'm no, sure that's, you... That's spot on what it was. Anyway, goes along with the whole thing with all of the, the people in Westview are just being controlled. And they're real people, and they're being basically set up on a stage. Um, Vision goes to get the doctor when Wanda is uh, about to give birth. And all of a sudden, Vision has super speed. And the doctor doesn't even seem phased by it. So I wonder if this was another one of those like glitch moments where he was just like, Wanda's in danger, it doesn't matter. You know, The rules of this reality are kind of different. I uh, also thought it was interesting. His name is Dr. Nielsen. And the only reason why I even thought this was interesting is because of my TCOM 101. So Dr. Paige Waters, shout out to you for this one. Uh, <laughs> but there's the Nielsen rating system, which is like TV stuff. Uh, they, they do a lot of like data collection since obviously they're on TV. His name is Dr. Nielsen. Haha, ha, funny, funny TV jokes. Um, I had a lot more to say. But the last thing I want to talk about are Billy and Tommy. So in the comics, uh, Wanda has two kids, Billy, whose uh, superhero name is Wiccan, and Tommy, whose superhero name is Speed. I think this is going to do two things that people are not talking about enough. Uh, obviously, this connects to the whole Mephisto thing. We talked about it a lot. I'm sure we'll talk about it again in like 10 minutes. Uh, the first one being the Young Avengers. We are being set up for the Young Avengers um, in a lot of different ways. You know, uh, Cassie Lang from the Ant-Man films. She's now older, and I'm pretty sure they've already said, if not... We can just assume that she'll become a superhero like in the comics. Uh, Kate Bishop is being trained by Hawkeye right now. We have Speed and Wiccan. Uh, who else did I see? There was something with... Um, I don't remember her name. She's African-American, and she kind of has like a Captain America-esque suit. I don't remember her name. She's also introduced. So they're introducing a lot of different characters right now that could totally lead up to the being in the Young Avengers, which just gives us, you know, more opportunities for team-ups, a lot of different cool storylines that they can do. And also... Kevin Feige has stated multiple times that they're trying to give more representation to, um, you know, just diversity, representation with diversity, uh, whether it's uh, religion, ethnicity, um, race, sexuality. And Billy, who is Wiccan, is actually openly gay in the comics and has a husband. And I think this could be really important to bringing in lots of LGBTQ plus community representation in superhero films because it's been missing. I mean, I can think of... Spoilers, minor-ish spoilers for the boys, uh, season two. Uh, Queen Maeve, she's bi. But, you know, other than that, I haven't seen a ton of, you know... Luke is giving me a confused look. No, because it's season one. It is season one? Yeah. I thought it was season two. No, there's like a brief moment in season one where she goes to her ex's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, like, massive, but, like... So in my brain, I was th- I thought she like came out or was forced to come out in season two. Regardless. Oh, she was forced to come she, out yeah, in season two, out, but yeah, like we the yeah. viewers knew oh, prior okay. to that. Well, regardless, spoilers for the boys. I've already heard it now. Go point. watch our boys episode. Episode number. That was a good episode. You should watch it. It was a good, good episode. episode. That's my personal favorite one. Shout out Jeremy. Uh, but you know, it's it's gonna be important. We get to see more LGBTQ plus community characters, and I think that's really important. Um, you know, for people growing up to see themselves represented in media. Which, that's a whole conversation for another day. Keep it short and sweet, but I will get off my soapbox. That is all I had written down for this episode. I'll let you guys talk. I promise I will shut up as much as I can. I don't have much else to say. I was going to say, you kind of just... out of the park. You talked <laughs> everything that I wanted to talk good. about, so... Oops. I had a lot of thoughts these last two episodes. These were, like, job. really big in my head and really played into a lot of my theories that I've been coming up with. And just, you know, important things for the future of the MCU. So, something about Geraldine... Oh, yeah, we didn't oh, talk that's about Geraldine at all. Yeah, but Logan, go ahead. What were you saying? It, it was the scene with uh, the neighbor and whoever. I forget the names, but the chainsaw scene where he was cutting through the brick. Um, I just thought it was really funny how the background was, like, very clearly not an actual open world. It was, it was so obvious that it was just a backdrop. And, like, it was right outside their house and in... Uh, I think episode two or one, whichever episode, it w- episode two, where Wanda went outside and found the drone. And even at the end of that episode, when they saw the beekeeper, 
uh, it, it's they have sets. They have the set for a full open neighborhood, but they chose to go with this backdrop fake looking neighborhood. And I just thought it was funny and interesting that they did that. Fits with the 70s too, you know, just having the painted backdrops and stuff. I have a thought about that. I think there's more symbolism to it than just that though. Cause like, and we see it more in the fourth episode, so I won't say too much, but we're only seeing what Wanda wants us to see. True. You know what I mean? So like, my sister brought that up. Yeah, exactly. yeah I was would... thinking that. Like, Wanda's not outside, so why do we care about what the sky looks like? Why do we care what the background of Herb's house looks like, or his bushes, or Herb for that matter? Wanda's not do talking not to him. Disrespect that has Herb nothing like to do that. with her. Herb is awesome. He's honestly yeah. one of my favorite NPCs from the NPCs. show. I like him and the guy with the mustache, the guy who loses yeah. his job in the first episode. That's pretty. Yeah, I like him a lot. Epic. Um, he wore a he wore a turtle. He wore a turtleneck. Yeah, I like turtleneck, so I think that that resonated with me. Is that because you had that photo of you dressed as Dwayne the Rock Johnson? That is kind of a legendary photo. I have that photo of me f- taken from a, a school security camera. So I was breaking uh, the that's rules. That's amazing. While in in costume, it's like it's my Dwayne favorite Johnson picture of me. <laughs> Be on the lookout for um, this guy right here. <laughs> but yeah my sister called me <laughs> what is the rock doing in indiana she was talking to me about how you know wanda never goes outside the house at all in that episode which i think is super interesting and completely goes with you know doesn't matter what it looks like outside because she's not out there it doesn't matter all right now this time cameron i know that i knew that you were talking so you go and i, <laughs> I will not let somebody else interrupt you this time i apologize so i was thinking i was going to talk about geraldine's necklace uh it's got Obviously, it's like the sword pendant and everything, but if you go back to episode two, where she first appears, you can see that it's a different type of necklace. Like, it's a different, I guess, like, logo thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, when we talk about episode four, I can talk about it there. But in, I guess, in the real world, she's actually got that necklace. And, like, I mean, we can expand upon, like, why and whatever that is. But I think it's really cool that, like, that little character, I guess, like, like like how Agnes has her brooch, and then it becomes a necklace, and then it becomes a it was like a a pendant. Yeah. Like I mean, I think it's really cool that they're sticking true to like the character, but also sticking true with the times and like how this would look in this era and all that. I just thought that was really neat. And then, um, uh, are we not surprised that she just didn't die when she got thrown all the way? She got thrown through two walls offense and then out of the city well my thought is this if it's like a tv set it's all like a fake house and stuff right that's my theory on why she didn't die that i came up with like two seconds ago i guess yeah i was thinking like a breakaway house kind of like breakaway glass just breakaway walls and you know i think that um wanda fence and everything she was um she was upset so you and think she was frazzled, but I don't think like that emotion. she wanted her. She was just like, get out. You know, you're evicted from my house. I don't want to hurt you, but I don't like what you said. So get out of here. I think you she think realized that just, she wasn't gone, supposed so to be there. So she made her go, and that was just the quickest way to do so. Yeah, she's not supposed to be there. She's not following the script. So she's like, oh, well, you're fired. It was when she broke. It was when she broke the fourth wall and was like, oh wait. You broke character in your last. Okay. You broke character. And you're laughing? You're laughing. You mentioned my corpse of a brother, and you're laughing. It's important because Pietro hasn't hardly been brought up at all since, since say, he died he in Age of Ultron. Has it's been, been brought up maybe twice since I called then. that, though. It's been years, and Cameron called What's it. What's going God. on Twitter? Do we have a Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> it's going on my personal Twitter. What? So what else? Any anything else about uh, about this episode? I mean, I know we kind of breeze through some of the stuff. Obviously, Pietro being mentioned, that's super important, super cool. Ultron being mentioned by name hasn't happened in a while either. Uh, I definitely think we're going to see mm-hmm. Wanda have to uh, deal with the fact that everybody she cares about has died, trying to protect her. Do we even talk about Vision being so a corpse? Hopefully, we see God. episode four. Yeah, we'll that's episode four. I'm just playing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You mentioned episode four while we're talking about episode three, and you're laughing. I don't do that. And you're laughing. I'm absolutely not you laughing. You're a fool. You have fallen you're, for the oldest trick in you're the multiverse podcast. Oh, wait. Book. You're excited to talk about something because we, we give you a platform now? to talk about it? Wow. 
Um, I'm supposed to be writing a oh, book. So you're just now? using our platform so you can talk. <laughs> what do you think this rumor project about? To do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me check my thing. I don't think I have any more. I came up with a theory, um, but it wasn't really. You know, I had a theory uh, last time we talked about WandaVision. Yeah, that's super funny. We're not going to talk about the bees. You guys that's disrespected my theory so hard. Episode four, we do talk about the bees. <laughs> Don't talk about yeah, the bees four. don't come back until episode four. four. The bees are episode four. This dude's going Wait, full Cameron mode. Okay, so with that and him glitching out, I'm going to go ahead and talk about episode four. Sound good? Whoa, guys, we're transporting to episode four. Whoa. That was, yeah. Whoa. Congratulations, now we're in episode four. And this is, as the man would say, a humdinger. Of an I don't. I don't think anybody has ever said that. But you don't know the That's man. That's really funny. You wouldn't get it anyway. You don't know the you man. Get you wouldn't it. get it. But anywhom, uh, episode four starts off in some place that I was surprised to see. Um, we start right in the middle of Avengers Endgame, where Hulk has brought everybody back in what is being called the Blip, uh, which was nicknamed in Spider-Man: Far From Home, and we see Monica Rambeau, which is Geraldine. Um, and she is, she's coming back. She's, she's being unsnapped basically, uh, because in Infinity War, Thanos wiped out 50% of the population and in Endgame, Hulk brought it back. And so we're seeing Geraldine slash Monica being brought back and, uh, she's in the hospital. She was with her mom. Her mom was dying of cancer and her mom isn't there. And so Monica's running around the hospital trying to find her mom. And I think, I just, I just want to mention this now. I feel like this is really a fantastic point of view because we see the blip happen in Far From Home, but it's much more of a happy moment. It's played a lot more for jokes, you know. People come back in the middle of a game, uh, and, and the tuba guy gets hit in the head with a basketball. Or, you know, it was your quite sister comical. is now five years older than you. Stuff like that. But this shows, like, the real-life consequences. Like, if you, you know, you're somewhere, all of a sudden you disappear. Somebody's now in this place. Five years later, boom, you all just show up. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. But anyway, so Monica, she, she's being unsnapped. She's being brought back in the blip. She's running around looking for her mom uh, just to find out her mom has died of cancer in the time that she was gone in the blip. Uh, and her mom was the founder of S.W.O.R.D., which we had been kind of speculating. So now it's confirmed. Uh, and we find out that there's this man who's taken over, and he was just kind of close with Monica and uh, Maria Rambo. And uh, the guy is kind of telling uh, Monica that S.W.O.R.D. is now keeping Monica on Earth rather than having her go into any sort of space and extraterrestrial missions. Uh, so Monica ends up getting on assignments to go to New Jersey for a missing persons case, which, spoiler alert, I really hope that it has to do with Ralph being the missing person. That's how it all ties together. Uh, that's what I was going to bring up. That's what I was going to bring then, up. That's what I was yeah, thinking. And then Monica meets uh, Jimmy Wu from Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a fantastic character. Uh, and they're kind of exploring everything, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, We'll get way more into that here in a minute. Real and quick. Then... I wanted to say, I po- I noticed this when we watched it, but I didn't say anything. When he shows off his like FBI card, he does a close-up magic He does trick. a close-up magic. I love it. It's so... That's character development right there, baby. Best character. Best character development. I'm so mad at myself for not seeing that until somebody on Instagram told me. But watching that scene back, was I was so like, cool. oh my god, that's the coolest thing ever. I love the connection. Um... Monica gets sucked into Wanda's reality. Um, Darcy Lewis from the Thor movies ends up showing up. And she's kind of investigating what's going on. She's the one that discovers that this this area that people are disappearing in uh, was created by the same energy that created the Big Bang. Uh, which is also the same energy that created the, the Infinity Stones. And uh, she also finds out that there is some sort of static going on. She ends up like unscrambling or something sciencey stuff i don't understand finds out there's a tv signal and they're able to watch everything that's going on in this one division world uh this is where we find out that you know geraldine got sucked in is now playing a character uh we see a guy go in through the sewers and comes out as a beekeeper because anything that enters wanda's reality uh is shifted to fit whatever the decade is so yes the bee man does have an origin story which i'm sure we will get into here way sooner than we should yeah we will and what happened to that. the bee guy? Where did he go? 
We see Geraldine um, get thrown out. So where'd the B guy go? With Geraldine being thrown out of the reality, which we've already seen. Uh, and she says, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. And I think this was a crazy episode. I will take the backseat here for a minute, let you guys talk, because I have lots to talk about again. But, like always, initial thoughts of the episode. It good. Before the B guys get going, wow. I would like to say, I really like this episode. The B guys. We have names, you know. So, no. I was so happy to, to, I guess, get the change that this episode was because i mean we what we witnessed a lot in episode three but episode four took the completely different route of being not primarily focused on the sitcom levels of everything um but uh i thought it was a really cool transition i would also i watched uh some guy on youtube and he was talking about how or he was like comparing what the different blips did and it was like this is a joke, obviously shown in like Homecoming, where it was like, it's like funny, don't take it so seriously, blah blah blah. But then, it was, uh, like, so somber. I guess is the best way to put it, because in the beginning, it's just like painful to watch because it's like almost all of us right off the bat could kind of tell like mm, nothing good happened to your mom with the way that this is all going. And then, I mean, also the, but the rematerialization of Monica was so beautifully done. Like that was, I thought that was crazy. And I was, I watched um, a guy that did a side by side of like the rematerialization versus the dematerialization of the different characters. And it was like, so cinematic especially for a TV show. And I thought that was super cool, but a uh, hard read right now. Uh, the, the guy that's directing sword right now, I'm betting he's going to be a bad guy. Agreed. He's got to get out of the picture. Eventually Monica needs to be the sword chick, the sword chick. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, it was her legacy. It was her legacy. And you know, she was gone for five years. So, I mean, I think he's going to, he's going to be a bad apple. I like what you brought up with Monica rematerializing. It actually looks kind of different than everybody else, and it's really reminiscent of um, the House of M comics when Wanda starts to break apart and she says no more mutants. It's a lot more like blocky rather than like flaky when she rematerializes, which obviously, I mean, I'm sure plenty of people are going to get mad at with continuity, but it's supposed to be a reference, you know what I mean? Which I thought was just, it was cool, it was different. It was, it was small and hardly noticeable unless, you know, you're really looking out for it. I have to gripe about something for like two seconds. Oh no! You have an opinion? That's like it's like my brand at this point is just. You have an opinion. You can't have that here. That's not what we're. That's not yeah. what we're talking about. In 2021, cringe. Uh, no. I hate the word blip. Not. I don't hate that they call it the blip. I hate the word blip because it sounds like a disgusting word. It is a, it's a pretty gross word. It's just like, of all the things that they could have named it, why did they have to call it the blip? Comedy. There was nothing funny about half the universe <laughs> dying, Matt. The decimation. I see your grinning face over there across the, the room. The, the decimation was everybody dying, and that's so grim and dark, so they had to give a name that was much more lighthearted. Maybe... I don't like... I don't know. I hate the word blip. I understand what you're saying. You're feeling like it dehumanizes what happened. Or desensitizes. What yes, happened. thank you. That yes. They should have called it the rapture. Something like yeah. that. Either way. Which I guess like, yeah, it's a form of like coping with trauma is like, you know pretend not pretending that it didn't happen, but I mean shoot, half of this show with everything with Wanda is her just pretending that stuff didn't happen or her ignoring the fact that things happened. I'm sorry, go on. You're good. Whoever was gonna talk about something. You got anything, Peyton? I do. Um, I like what Cameron said. I thought that the beginning of this episode felt a lot like what happened at the beginning of Endgame. Even though it was not the same time period, it was just a Scott coming out and seeing what had happened for the first time, but on a bigger scale. If It would be like if Scott plus half of the world came out and just started looking for people immediately. It was very stressful and fast and confused and 
yeah, it was very different than the way that it was portrayed in Spider-Man. Just because, I mean, especially when you disappear in a hospital, you're going to be more confused. More so than if you're in the middle of playing the tuba. Especially if you wake up and the person that you'd been sitting next to is all of a sudden gone. Mm -hmm. Because, like we hear Monica say, she thought she was only like asleep for 20 minutes. Like she thought that she had just taken a power nap. Because it was like painless for everybody. They didn't know what happened. So it was just like, you know, almost instantaneous for them. One moment they're there, moment one moment, you know, they're still there, but things have completely shifted over five years. Logan, you have anything you want to add? I thought this episode was really good because, like, this is where it really shifted away from all the sitcom stuff. And it was, like, the more cinematic style of filming that we're used to. Um and I think it was cool, like, having those first three episodes for, like, really good context of what was going on and just content to have. And now it's almost like episode four is, like, episode 1.2. Or episode 1B. Because it's it's a, it's reintroducing us to everything that's going on, but from mm-hmm. the outside perspective. We're not just being dropped into it and watching it. We're alongside the other uh, sword agents that are trying to deal with what's going on and trying to figure out everything that is happening has to do with uh what Peyton said you know the audience is just like the the people on the outside right now yeah they're all trying to figure out the same things understand it and we're all seeing it again basically I think that having us watch the first few Um, episodes of it and like see the same sitcom stuff that they're seeing um it allows them to like condense everything now that we've already seen it in like this quote-unquote new beginning yes uh, it gives me like matrix vibes have you guys seen the matrix i have seen the matrix okay well like well First i guess one. not necessarily with like getting the different perspective but like them or i guess it's more like inception of the people inside trying to figure out like what's happening that's probably a better mm-hmm. comparison that movie is crazy you need to watch that movie you have to watch it and then watch it backwards. That's important. You don't understand that, but you're gonna have to watch it forward and then backwards, and then maybe the like you flip the disc upside down. Is that how you do it? We're going to need multiple hours to digest that movie, or I guess dissect it. Yeah, I couldn't try to spoil the movie for you. Like even if I really wanted to spoil the movie for you, I couldn't. So don't worry. There's no need to tag it or worry that I'm gonna. It's cool, Robert ruin Pattinson. It for you was on set and didn't even know what happened so and i was in my living room not knowing what happened i'm basically him crazy the parallels are uncanny (laughs) (laughs) um i have quite a few things i wrote down again i'll try to go through them as fast as i can we can do a little little brief discussion uh the first was the reveal that westview is quote not a real place and that the cops that um, Jimmy and Monica are talking to are from, quote, Eastview. Now, I'm wondering, is Eastview not even real? Because we see signs for Westview, not only on the highway, but also right in front of the town. So if these two cops are actually, like, have amnesia or something, because they talk about people not knowing what's going on, like, within a a radius around this town. Um, So I'm thinking that Westview is real. Eastview is made up and these cops just have amnesia or it was some false reality planted inside their heads. And all the people that are missing from Westview are the ones that are inside of the false reality Westview, uh, which is why we see, which we'll talk about in a minute, all of the IDs of the people on the wall with the, sh- the, the sword headquarters. So do we think, do you think that Westview is the actual place and that Eastview was the made up place? Yeah. Okay. So I'm wondering if, I guess we'll have to see when we get in touch with Monica again, but I wonder if the cops maybe were there when Westview got all crazy and went sicko mode Mm -hmm. and then they left and that was kind of a defense mechanism to make them forget it and just, hey, that's not real. I was never there. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess we'll have to see, but I'd be interested to see if um, by leaving you kind of get wiped also. I have a question. Kind of. I was just scrolling yeah. through Instagram because I'm really great at focusing on one thing at a time. Um, but I saw an ad for WandaVision, and it made me wonder. So 
everybody that we have seen in this episode that goes in to Westview gets like, I don't want to say cartoonized, but like they get their like outfits and like their hairstyle changes with the times. Decade appropriate. Yeah. 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 But when uh, Monica comes out, she's still dressed as Geraldine. What do we think of that? Or am I reading into that too much? I just think it's weird that it only goes one way. I don't think like read too much into it. I want to talk about this because I think this is how she might get powers. I just had one comment I wanted to make about uh, about what you said, Peyton. If it was like a defense mechanism, if like the reality was created. It kind of reminds me of It, as in the, the movies slash book, um, where once you leave Derry, you start to kind of have memories fade and you don't really remember it. It's just kind of like a figment of your imagination. So I wonder if this is something similar. I just kind of connected that. Um, we'll talk about the, the, the IDs in a minute. Your question, Luke, about people coming out. I was wondering the same thing because obviously we see them get shifted and they have to become decade and like screen accurate, I guess is the word that I would use. But when they come back out, they're just in the exact same outfit they were in, which was screen accurate. And I wonder if, at least for Monica, because she got blasted by Wanda's powers, if her being blasted by that hex magic and also breaking through the barrier is going to give her powers. Because we see uh, there's a little reference in the sword headquarters that says Maria Photon Rambo. Uh, that was her her uh, call sign when she was a pilot. But I thought you I thought that was her middle name. <laughs> oh my god! I need to go to bed. But then Monica, in the comics, she's a superhero named Photon. She was Captain Marvel, ended up becoming Photon, and has similar powers. And is confirmed for Captain Marvel 2, along with Ms. Marvel. So I wonder if this will give her some sort of powers. But I don't know. I don't have any sort of idea why they wouldn't go back to their original clothing. But it does, it does bring up a lot of questions. I have something to say. I just don't want to not say someone's name. Okay. Um, Darcy. She talks about, when she's studying it, she talks about all this radiation that's coming out of it. And the director's mm-hmm. like, or not the director, some goofy guy. Uh, he says that the radiation levels were deemed safe, so that's why they're all there. So I wonder if there's all this radiation, but it doesn't do anything unless you go in or come out. So maybe, I mean, Marvel likes to do that with science stuff. They just throw the word radiation, and then boom, you have superpowers. <laughs> okay so go on i want to bring something up after. <laughs> so this. i wonder if by um by leaving monica was you know introduced to all this radiation that is clearly there and should be posing a threat but really isn't have i i feel like i'm bringing up rick and morty again for the second wandavision episode in a row there's a i cameron's shaking his head i think he knows what i'm talking about I don't, but I'm just shaking my head. Okay. There's a line in, I think it's the first, no, it's the second season of Rick and Morty where basically Rick has a car battery that runs on like a micro universe that he made where people are basically enslaved to power his car battery. And there's a line. I'm going to see if I can find the exact, uh, I won't look it up. Basically, he just says, like, if you want to sound sciencey, you just throw the word quantum in front of everything. <laughs> and then the next line that he says is something. It wasn't quantum, but it was something else that was, like, clearly not a very sciencey thing. But he just wanted to make it sound sciencey immediately after. That is that uh, it. you saying that just reminded me of that line for some reason. Yeah, I mean, they're doing it. I feel like they're doing a pretty good job. Um within the MCU talking like doing their best to talk about sciencey stuff. But like when these characters were written that they didn't I wonder how much that. of it is actually like scientifically accurate though versus like how much stuff are they just saying like, you know, quantum in front of and then it's just like, yep, makes sense yeah. to me. I think that you you're not allowed to watch fun movies anymore once you have like a masters in science <laughs> or in any field. You're not allowed to have fun you're after like, school. Oh, that's not how that would work. I, I can't enjoy this movie. I think it's fun looking at the people, like, debunking science theories and stuff. Not just in, like, these movies, but just, like, a lot of different movies. It is entertaining. Yeah, pretty much. Something I like about the radiation thing. So, um, I've kind of thought about this, but I also saw someone else post about it. And so it kind of, like, made me feel gratification that I was, like, kind of on the right track. It felt like. So, um, in this, in the cinematic universe... Uh, 
she so Wanda got her powers through the what was it? The, not soul. It was uh Mindstone. Not the Mindstone. She got it from the blue one. It's the Mindstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was in the blue scepter and then it broke apart and oh, it was the yes. Mindstone. Okay. So the one, yellow one. So she got her powers from that. So uh, they were talking about like how technically she would have been like it would have been like cosmic radiation that would have given her her powers then. If mm-hmm. the radiation gave her powers, it could be so. There have been what three or four instances where like there's been excess amounts of this cosmic radiation because of all the snapping that people have been doing with the stones and yep. such. So it would have been like amping up the radiation levels. So that would make her a lot more powerful like we've seen in the comics and like what all she can do. So maybe by them, I guess, setting the world this way, it might have like made her more, like her powers at least more comic book accurate and like what they can do because she's got so much more, yeah. I guess, energy to use. And I just thought that... It's like that part in the first Avengers when... Thor uses Mjolnir against Iron Man and it just charges him up. He thinks it's going to destroy him, but instead it powers him up. So, like, with all the snapping with the stones, it's just yeah, amplifying her powers and making her even stronger. Like a battery. Yeah. And I thought that was really neat. The only counterpoint I can think of is she gets snapped away, though. Like, she's not there for it to, like, charge. I guess she's there for the Tony Stark one. But yeah. she would still mm-hmm. be but there. She, but it, it would be left in the same space because it's been brought there. Yeah, I guess so. Just throw quantum in there, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, sure enough." Quantum. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next topic. Yeah, I think that I read something online where there was just a bunch of quantum radiation. So I think that that's probably it. I don't have a science well, degree, like, but I think that's probably it. it. Micro cosmic, micro cosmic radiation. Micro cosmic quantum right. radiation. Yeah, I thought that Cameron made a good point, but he needed the word quantum. Yeah, that that really would have sold me there. We're running out of time. We have two big things I want to talk about. Uh, The small thing is, I think that potentially Sword has set up the Fantastic Four. Uh, The director guy talks about uh, space missions and how they had somebody in space. I don't remember what the exact quote is. It made it sound like they were stuck in space. Could be a part of Reed Richards' program. This is totally something that we can talk about later, but I wanted to bring it up briefly because this could be a way that they connect the Fantastic Four in comic book style origins into the MCU. Um, the really big thing before I get to my final theory and I shut up for the rest of the day, uh, the IDs of the people, um, sword is trying to figure out who all is in the TV show. They are, you know, facial scanning, stuff like that, trying to figure out who the real people are and their TV correspondence. Everybody on the board has an ID and a real persona and real background, except for Agnes, which Joe, which just goes to continue to prove our theory and plenty of other people's theories that she is behind this and she is playing a part and somehow, you know, there's a part in the trailer where, you know, she seems like she's confused going on, but I think that she has a really big part in playing everything. The other person that didn't have anything on the board was Dottie. And I don't, I mean, like obviously like the board was still like a work in progress, I guess you could say, but like, Mm -hmm. They didn't have, like, anything up there for her at all. They didn't have her, like, base picture. They didn't have any identification. So, I mean, that could really... I mean, not many people have... I'm not... I can't remember the character people are speculating that she'll be. Go ahead. Uh, Agatha... Agatha Harkness. Right? Uh, no, it's it's a witch from the comics. She was alive during oh. the Salem Witch Trials train. Harkness, Yes. Uh, my only, literally the only thing that I say about Dottie is that they were watching the first episode and they were putting up the people and she didn't show up to the second episode. So she could have been put up later. But to your point, we don't see her. You know, I don't know. I definitely think that could be something. Do you want to talk about Ralph really quick? Is it there and we just missed it maybe? Because like they put up Herb and stuff and they make a line about them putting him up. So I'm feeling like maybe we just didn't see it. Uh... I've looked at screen caps and she is not in there. Hmm. Uh, Cameron, did you want to talk about Ralph really quick? Yes. So I believe that Ralph is going to end up playing a big role in all of this because um, kind of build, kind of piggybacking off of one of Matthew's theories was uh, that like it could be 
uh, Mephisto stuck in his nightmare dimension. Not nightmare. Would he be in fear? I don't know what he'd be in. Whatever dimension he's in, he's stuck there. And then he basically would be hell. Basically hell. And um, <laughs> like he'd be stuck keeps... on the "It's a Small World" ride for the rest of his life. <laughs> so hell. <laughs> um, but he's. I I think Ralph would Ralph and Agnes are going to end up being like the two big bads, I guess in this sense. But I think that um, Ralph's disappearance is instead of it just being played up, it's it's getting played up in a sense to where people are like, "Oh, he's not here. That's normal," because they're not. It's not raising questions. Then, what else did you have about it, Ralph? Um, or about Ralph? Sorry. Oh well, that was that was basically it. I think he's the missing person that 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 Wu was talking about. Or I'm just reading too much into it, but it makes sense. We haven't seen him at all. Agath, Agnes keeps bringing him up. So, but I I am glad that you mentioned my theory because I wanted to explain my newest theory because I feel like this could be cracking the case a little bit. And then I'm gonna shut up. All right. So I told you guys this on Friday when we were done with the episode. But after like watching everything, and I've watched all the episodes at least twice now. Um, I'm thinking Agnes is Agatha, like we've talked about, and she showed Wanda how to use her powers to create a reality. Obviously, since Wanda's powers came from the Infinity Stones, they have that um, Big Bang energy. Wanda can use the Big Bang energy to basically create her own little universe, so it is a pocket dimension. Um, but she can live there with Vision. And Agnes is really just secretly using Wanda, um, so that way her master, Mephisto, can siphon off the powers. Um, so I'll give a really dumbed-down version of Mephisto for those who don't really know about the character. He is like a devil character. He's not actually the devil, but in the Marvel Universe, he, he looks like him. Uh, he lives in a realm that is a lot like hell. And as soon as he leaves his dimension, his powers start to drain. But when he's inside of his own um, his domain, not dimension, his own domain, he's basically like invincible. Uh, so I'm thinking that Agnes is basically playing Wanda. So Mephisto can drain Wanda of her hex magic and he can become powerful enough to come outside of his domain and like just wreak havoc and collect as many souls as he can. But that's my big thing, which kind of gets screwed up because we have discovered like really recently that WandaVision takes place before Far From Home. So that kind of messes with some theories. Yeah, because... Um, the stuff that happens with Gerald or not Geraldine, uh, Monica, that's three weeks after Endgame is over. So, um, and Far From Home is not till the summer. So I don't know what's up. It's kind of confusing. And I trust Marvel. I know whatever they do, there's going to be, you know, it's going to make sense. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how they, how they f not fix the timeline, but basically explain it. But that is all I have to say. I will keep my mouth shut now. I know I have ran my mouth so much this episode. I was going to say, how many times has that been said? I'm just playing. For real no, this time, I, I will not bring up anything else. You have good theories. You've definitely read you know into this comics. more than... Especially I have, but I would say most of us have. <laughs> I do like to read comics What's or something. What's the difference? I do. And if I don't, then I watch YouTube videos about them. Logan, I think it's time that we talk about what we were going to talk about. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were talking about the bees. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the part about vision, because you didn't bring that up. So that's yeah, important. so there is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do this one, since I've talked a lot this episode? Yeah, while, while we were having our watch party of the episode, and we get to the end of episode four, there was a quick flash of vision being a corpse and having, like the the infinity stone and been pulled out of his head and there's just this hole there and while we were when when that happened luke and i just look at each other and we're like hmm that's kind of like wanda's just playing with vision's dead corpse and just making it look like he's alive again and immediately uh we both just thought of the avenge sevenfold song a little piece of heaven except the roles reversed and not quite as graphic Okay, real quick. Uh, a Little Piece of Heaven is a song about, like, murder and necrophilia. It is about a man who proposes to his girlfriend. She laughs at him, so he murders her. And then does a lot of inappropriate things. She comes back, kills him. They have, like, a corpse bride moment. And then they kill everybody at the wedding. I'm really glad we're not on WCRD right now. 
That's why I well, that's why I censored it as much as I could. Yeah. Great song, fantastic song. But that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like she's if what I think is happening is happening, she's playing with his corpse. Like if Vision is actually dead and that's why she saw that flash of him with like the stone ripped out of his head, which was a really cool shot, by the way. I think that's probably my favorite shot from the show so far because it caught me off guard so much compared to like, I don't know, just seeing him regularly or like dressed in a suit, but with like he's vision and not like the human form. Um, Yeah, she's essentially just like playing with his corpse, which is kind of like that's dark. That's not. That's not a like a child friendly thing to do. So I'll, if he's actually alive, then I guess it makes more sense. But if she's just playing with his corpse, like that's messed up for a Disney show. I don't know, Logan. You have anything else on this? I just, yeah, that it also really caught me off guard. But it's like it's so gruesome and weird to think about that Wanda could actually just like you know because he's he's dead and there's no other way around it so what why is he alive here like that's a question that everyone's been asking since episode one but seeing the flash of his the the stone being taken out of his or this him without the stone in his head and all the color just like drained from his face and everything like that that raises even more and even darker questions about if he's dead why is he here yeah. I I don't know. I don't have much else to say. I just thought it was like a cool thing that like Logan and I both noticed. <laughs> Cuz I'm I'm on my Avenged Sevenfold music phase again. Like I'm a 15-year-old high school kid who thinks that he's edgy, but I just thought it was a cool thing to point out. Cuz that song got a lot of hate when it came out. So just for being as inappropriate as it is, but it's a fan favorite. They play it at every concert, even though the song came out in 2007. Yeah. All right, spoilers for 2007 Avenged Sevenfold album drops. Don't. You're not gonna like what happens in 2009. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, so we are we are hitting some some big numbers with time. We might have to speed up the episode and post. However. I'm going to give you guys one minute to talk about B-Rats. Because Peyton, I know you oh want to. Oh We're wasting time. We're wasting time. So, so I think that what happened was that as soon as the B-Guy climbed up the sewers, he was no longer a man, but a pile of flesh piloted by bees. I think that there's no other explanation. Wanda can explain why there's bees there, but she can't explain why there's a beekeeper. So she had to turn him into bees to fit with her story. End of my time. Go. Um, I I think you hit all the points pretty well. I don't know. Cameron, what are your thoughts on the bees? I hate that he gave you even a minute. Yeah, that's not enough time. You're right. Let's keep going, Peyton. What else? No. Where did the bee guy go? Yeah, that's a good point. Where it, does he rewind? Okay, that's did actually he, fair. He did that not rewind fair. back up the tube. Because they pulled a jump rope out instead of like the cable he was connected to. Right, so where'd he go? That was kind of cool, though. He's coming back as a big bee in episode five. He's going to be a giant bee. If uh, if he got blasted... It's going to be like World War Z style. like or uh, World War B. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our post for the week. Um, Okay, so really quick, if he gets blasted out like Monica does and Monica gets powers, what if he becomes Swarm? There's a character... Too easy. Really too easy. Bees aren't. He's gonna become a new. He's actually character. just a giant rat. Bee man. Peyton is like that that sweatshirt you have with the rat that's standing up. You know what I'm talking about? Swamp yeah, swamp rat. rats. Rat it's got bees rats. around it. I think that's bee what it is. Rats. That's all we have to say about that. We are we are pushing the amount of time that people will actually sit and listen to our stupidity. So we should have started the bee theory at the beginning to keep people interested. Any any closing thoughts about about WandaVision no. three and four? Oh, I forgot that's what we were talking about. I was too fixated on the bees. Uh, they did a good job with these episodes. Very good episodes. And I am uh, very much looking forward to the next two. And I am even more looking forward to talking about it with Aww. you gentlemen. How sweet. Any closing thoughts? 
Uh, I hate having to wait a whole week for new episodes. It's painful. I actually like it better than just getting to binge watch an entire season. No, in no, a no. Day. I, I am really happy they're spreading it out. It's just like I sit for a week, and I'm just like, I want more. I crave more Marvel content. I think I like it actually. It does. It you gets all me just the week. everybody just talked all at once. I have no idea what he's doing. It's, it's nice. He's an addict. He needs his fix. This dude's an addict. Look I've at him. Depressed. Look at him in that beanie. He just looks so mischievous up there. Please, I haven't had Marvel content since summer 2019. We actually do sound like we're talking to a recovering addict right now. Living without it. That's it's so hard, hard being without it. I must understand being your pain. Without it. Cool. Uh, next week, I know this isn't going to apply to a ton of people, but part of having a podcast that's called the Multiverse Podcast is talking about multiple franchises. So we're going to be talking about the new Zombies map that's coming out for Black Ops Cold War. I know that doesn't apply to a ton of people, but we're bringing on a new guest which is exciting, uh, and we're going to talk about zombies. And I'm sure that we'll talk about other zombie movie stuff as well, but we will also be streaming. Me, Logan, Peyton, and our guest will be streaming us playing through the new map, and we'll probably be taking some notes and just kind of studying up on it before we talk about it the next day. So keep an eye out for that on Wednesday, February 10th. Which is like five days after the map comes out. And we will keep you updated with where to watch the live stream as it gets closer. Yes, we will shout that out. It'll be on Twitch. And we'll put our Twitch accounts on a post. It'll be a good time. You'll have to be there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. And if I I'm thinking if this becomes something that is fun and like people actually watch it, we could do more streams like this regularly. It doesn't have to be zombies. We can just do like play other games and talk about it because really all we've talked about on the podcast is just shows and movies but we always ask our guests like their favorite book in video games but we rarely ever talk about them yeah i think it'd be fun so we'll see we got big things planned we have we've had meetings we have a lot of big things planned for the podcast for season two um yeah I, i'm not going to give away too much but it's going to be a fun ride so hopefully we see you guys next week and thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for sitting through this. This has been long. I appreciate it. Um, I will say goodbye in a second. Please let us know who would win in a fight between the Beach Boys and the Multiverse crew. So, uh, King Kong. There's a the right nope, answer. It's King Kong. But, all right, I'll see you Bye. guys next week. Bye. 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 There is a right answer. There's a right answer. <laughs>